Hey guys, this is the Soul Sense Podcast and you are tuned back in to another episode. You are listening to me, the hostess with the mostest, and the wingman. You didn't say your name. Kim. Me. Okay. Me. (laughs) Kimberly. (laughs) And let's not forget my trusty wingman, Melvin, my husband. Hello. And let's see, let's see, what's going on, Melvin? Anything has happened in the day? No, um, typical day, working. Yeah. uh, That's about it. Yeah, so we probably don't have a lot to say about in the what's going on section because we've been really trying to be more efficient with our recording because you know we have busy lives so we just was recording like yesterday so we <laughs> yeah, I don't know when that episode is coming out but uh we really had a lot of what's going on then but and we also had a special uh guest host as well so anyways I guess today it was a good day I feel very accomplished because not only did I have a great uh, work day. I was able to get off a little earlier and I was going to come home and just go to sleep. Okay. This is real talk, you know? <laughs> yeah, okay. Let me just give y'all a little tip about me. Let me let y'all know something about me. I am a hardcore napper. I am a grown woman that could take a nap every single day and don't judge me because I'm not shame. Not anymore, at least. And so I'm always thinking about when I could take me a nap. Okay. So I was thinking, oh, I done got out for work early and stuff. Let me go home, give me a little nap before everybody come in. Well, when I got home, I did want to kind of prep some food. We're trying to not eat out as much because me and Melvin trying to, you know, get our summer bodies on. And so I was like, let me prep some food. And then as I start prepping, I start going through the refrigerator And I was just like, you know what? I might as well just go ahead and just knock this out. So I I end up cooking a a, a lot, actually. I ended up, like, cleaning out the refrigerator, washing up some snacks and getting our snack little thing in order. And then I made some cabbage with sausage. uh, sausage sausage in there? Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't even look at the cabbage. I was looking at them pizza rolls. Yeah, and I made homemade pizza rolls. I told Melvin... Uh, he was coming home with our oldest, and I was like, well, the food is ready. I got to go get our, our little one. And I was like, I, there's some cabbage on the stove, and there's some uh, pizza rolls. And I was just waiting. You was like, what you mean, like Totino's? No, homemade. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go, go knock you, but I was like, Totino's pizza rolls, that's dinner? <laughs> I mean, you know. In my life, I've eaten Totino's pizza rolls for dinner, but uh, I wouldn't call you. They don't take advanced preparation. Well, here's the thing, guys. Like, this wasn't supposed to all be, like, one dinner meal. I, like, I mean, we're busy. So I try to, like, prep and, like, have options for us. So look. Them pizza rolls were delicious. Well, technically, they were supposed to be for the kids. And what <laughs> I mean, because I knew you like my cabbage, so I was like, okay, I like pizza rolls. I know you like. I pizza. love pizza. I rolls. know that, baby, but 
I mean, okay, so anyways, like I was saying, just in case y'all probably being like a meal, pizza rolls and cabbage. How about that? Listen, don't listen, pizza rolls and cabbage are delicious. These he are two he great ain't things. he ain't ate the cabbage yet. But I know I, it's gonna be good. But anyways, I try to give us options so I can have days where I don't cook. So like I may cook two or two or three meals or prep something like that. Like that's my goal. So yeah, none of that stuff goes together, but when these fools came up in the house, you would have you would have thought they ain't never had nothing before. Cause you and Farrah, you I know what you were trying to do. Farrah kept trying to go over there and eat them pizza rolls, and you wanted some. No, so at first yes, yes, but no. I was like, you know what? If she's hungry, she can eat them pizza rolls, and then she just start like eating the inside out yeah, of it. That's how and she I was does. like, wait a minute, no, you better get you some. Some, some something to snack on or something. I know, right? Yeah, don't be wasting them good pizza rolls. Yeah, but um, oh, one thing I will say is um, we're changing our setup a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, different mics, so there may be a little bit of uh, a little learning curve on just sit doing the post and getting our settings correct. So that is something I was excited about. That's uh, so I slick had a dream that wow. the microphones came in the mail. Wow! And I was very excited. I don't know why. Cause that's just your thing. We we have our things when it comes to the Soul Sense Ministries. Like, I think we are naturally getting into our lane, and Melvin is more of the technical. Uh, clearly, he's one of the hosts and co-founder, but he's the one that does our edits and he gets us up all digital and stuff like that. And we both come up with content, but I'm like the one that kind of keeps us consistent and making sure that, you know, kind of briefing us and I run our social media. But So it's okay for you to be excited about the new equipment that's coming in. Yeah, was, I'm trying to be excited with you, even though I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I just show up and sit down. That's it. Well, um, let's go get let's get into uh, our topic here. So cool. Over the weekend, we went to a marriage retreat. Uh, so yeah, we were posting on uh, uh, IG Live and Facebook and yeah. our stories. We were posting on our social media. So um, we went to. Irving, yeah, Irving for a, mm-hmm. a marriage retreat, mm-hmm. the big, wonderful city of Irving hmm. <laughs> for a marriage retreat, and uh, yeah, it was phenomenal, man. It was phenomenal. We we go every year. We've missed a couple because of pregnancies. Other than that, we go every year, and it's just a good thing. I would suggest anybody out there, and I I know you guys have, if you listened, you've heard us talk about the importance of of working on your marriage, mm-hmm. but um. If you if you can go to something like this more than just individual counseling and stuff like that, which I think is great as well. But when you go to a marriage retreat, and especially the one that we went to, you get the combination of great lessons and time together. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know, if you have kids, you're gonna have to go and get a babysitter, yeah. and you're gonna have to go through all of those things. And that we we stayed an extra night this time, so went down on. Friday night, mm-hmm. uh, stayed Saturday, and then Sunday went to the church service. But um, it was great. The couple this time was super vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. Which they tend to be vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. They do tend to be. Well, and I thought they were good together, right? <laughs> yeah, like so. 
just also to like set set this up for you all, like this is put on by our church. And for me, it's funny because a lot of times when I tell people about like marriage retreat, sometimes I've gotten the response like, are y'all okay? Is your marriage okay? And I was like, yeah, it's okay. It's called a marriage enrichment weekend where you can pour into your marriage and keep it strong, you know? And I mean, everybody doesn't go is everybody that goes is not like happy, happy kumbaya. I'm, there are people in there that have some serious issues at the current time. And so, so it's any type of marriage at any, they even engage couples come and, um, at any stage in life, you know? And so we, ever since we've been a part of our church, we have made every single one, uh, except for the ones like Melvin said that we couldn't go to. Um, so it's only been like maybe one, only one we've missed. And that was right after Farah. Yeah. And, uh, so anyways, there's normally a couple that comes in and the husband and the wife basically tag team. And something that I really liked about this couple, because everyone's different, you know, everyone has a different speaking style. There's been some times where like the man and the woman, they they go back and forth. And then there's been some times where like the the husband may drive the conversation. Um, And then there's been some times where the woman talks to the women and the men talk to them and the man talks to the men. And but this time I really like the style of these speakers because it literally they were talking to us as a collective, you know, like, you know, the husband chimed in on female issues and the wife chimed in on male issues. You could tell they were very, very well prepared. Mm -hmm. Um, But then also something that I noticed that probably is not a preparation thing. They just speak well together. They spoke very well together. They did. I thought they were good. Very well together. Darren and Karen Overstreet. Yeah. Yeah, they spoke well together. You could tell that they were very prepared and they're just bouncing off of each other. I thought it was it was really good. Um so they broke it up into three different I guess phases, three different classes. Yeah. Well, the overall thing was this is us. Oh yeah, this is us. So if you know everybody knows what that's about. If you watch the show, it's an awesome show. If you I don't, don't watch the show, well, he he should. No, I, I can still tell it's fire though. But. Yeah, and I tell him everything that's going on. That's why he doesn't watch it. But anyways, so that was the thing, you know. And um, one of the things that I think that they did well was that they really held close to like the illustrations and really the first day Saturday you know they did go through like if for anyone who has watched the show this is us you see the different characters and they're all in different stages in life you know and they are really dealing with real life problems that we all can relate to at least one or two or more characters on that show. And so their point with that was, that's what marriage is. This is us. We accept us for who we are and this is us. So that's kind of a segue into what you were saying, Melvin. Yeah. So they broke it up into this is us, our unique relationship. Mm -hmm. This is us. Our local partnership. Our local partnership. And this is us. Our expanded fellowship, mm-hmm. um, and it was yeah, you know, like I said, it was amazing. Um, but we'll we'll break it up and kind of give our 
our reactions and just kind of talk back and forth about it. Um, and that's kind of how we'll do these podcasts, you think? Okay. So uh, let's pop off the first one. So this is us, our unique relationship. Okay. Um, I think that the cool thing, I like the way that they kind of led into this and build on top of everything, um, starting out with talking about our, our, our upbringing and the effect that our upbringing has <laughs> on what we bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, really, in asking those questions, like, and I thought, you know, how often do I, so let's say me and you go through a situation, mm-hmm. I'm responding to something you do or say, how do I ever take the time to think about the factors that may lead you to feel a certain way about something if we're having a disagreement mm-hmm. or do I just jump to the fact that this is a disagreement. Mm-hmm. I disagree with you on this thing. I feel like you have wronged me in some situation. Mm-hmm. Do I stop and think about, you know, all the factors that could contribute to this instead of just jumping to, you know, you're just doing this thing to me. So you're talking about when they were ta- talking about like, they gave. They started talking about their family and the dynamic between their parents and how they took that into their marriage. Is mm-hmm. that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, and the wife says something that I chuckled at because I know that I have thought that. You know, you can say like, you know, I'm never gonna be like whatever parent, and mm-hmm. they, she was like, well, good luck. You already are. You know right. what I'm saying? Even the things that you thought that you don't like, you know, it it's part of who you are. You're not defined by that, but you got to understand that, you know, if you come up in a household where your mom uh might have manipulated your dad, you know what I'm saying, for however reason or or however she did it. You know, you might have been able to notice that that's not what you want to do, but you definitely probably picked up ways of how to get your way you know what i'm saying yeah and i so yeah and i think um when we are working through an issue or a problem like what i wrote down was we need to consider our upbringing when evaluating our relationship Mm -hmm. so basically when we're sitting down and we're talking about an issue or a situation and let's say it's something that i don't see Mm -hmm. you're trying to get me to see it and i need to sit i need to think about all, all the factors that could possibly make that true so I can get to the bottom of it. So like you said, if your mom or dad or whatever was, let's say your dad is uh, yells or is, or is harsh in his mm-hmm. tone. And let's say I grow up and I'm like, I don't want to be like that. And then mm-hmm. you tell me, Melvin, I feel like you're being harsh. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I, I think about not being harsh all the time. So I don't feel like I'm being harsh. Mm-hmm. Now, I need to sit back and I need to think about if this is the example that I've had my whole life. And mm-hmm. this is just a hypothetical situation. My dad is the farthest thing from harsh. But mm-hmm. if that's what I grew up with, there is a very strong likelihood that this thing has been Im- embedded in my psyche. Mm-hmm. And not only that, my idea of harsh is probably way 
more extreme than what yours is if you've not experienced any type of harshness growing up. And so I have to accept if I stop and I think about all those things, then it won't be out of the realm of possibility to me Mm -hmm. that I am being harsh and Mm -hmm. I can go and work on it. Mm -hmm. Um, So it just looked to me, I looked at it as a tool Mm -hmm. uh, to, to use to help me to get to the bottom of different things and to help me to have empathy and to understand where you're coming from mm-hmm. uh, instead of just writing it off because I can't see it. So I guess mm-hmm. to see your blind spots. And you know what? I, I'll give like an actual example for us. So I grew up in a family where just even my extended family, if, if now, if I'm really being honest, both sides of my family, mom and father side of the family, we just really didn't show a lot of emotion. And, you know, people didn't, you know, you, you, it's, it was one of, it was a type of family where like, I don't have to tell you, I love you. We show each other, we love you. You know what I'm saying? But there really wasn't a lot of affection and touch and, and, you know, like my mom hugged me a lot. Yes. But like, I'm, I'm even including like extended family, you know what I'm saying? And we could actually be very sarcastic. We could be kind of harsh (laughs) we really could be and even growing up I remember at times being pegged as the one that was like the sensitive one and the emotional one and I used to feel like anybody would be upset by what you just said or anybody would you know their feelings would be hurt by this but because I was surrounded around a whole lot of people who I mean like People were like, you know, like folks didn't wear they, you didn't wear your uh, feelings on your sleeve, I guess. Um, when I got with Melvin, one of the things, and not just even with you, babe, just in my relationships in general, I have to catch myself um, because I can say things just blah. I can, I can just say yeah. it out. And it's funny because growing up, I used to hate that. Like I used to hate being a pegged as somebody who was the sensitive, emotional one, because that used to always make me feel like, are you trying to say that I'm the weaker one? You know what I'm saying? Or am I weak? And then as an adult, I turn around and really, quite honestly, really sometimes can just be tactless in the things that I say, you know? And so that is a real live for real situation that that what they use, how they, they, they uh, said it was your family of origin, you know? And so that is something that though I hated as a younger person, I took that into my marriage. And there's a number of other things that we probably could sit here and think about too. Yeah. um, I thought they, they, when they start jumping into it, they talked about, this is us. Uh, this is godly us and they talked about humility mm-hmm. in the relationship of course that's a challenging topic um and it and they said you should not only you should not see your spouse as they appear at the foot of the altar but as they appear at the foot of the cross yes and you heard everybody in there go mm. it was like mike drive we can pack up and leave yeah. now because you done read me so what that mean to you well If you actually think about what the altar in the Bible is about and then what the cross is about, 
you know, the altar was used to atone sin. So there was sin present. So there were, you know, the high priests would go, the Levites would go and make a sacrifice on the altar for the community of sin. You know what I'm saying? So you're going already guilty. You know what I'm saying? That's why you're there, you know, Mm -hmm. but at the cross, because Christ died for us, he was the ultimate sacrifice. So we're all, God sees us through the lens of Christ. Like we're cleansed. We are white as snow. So for me, it was like, I can't look at you like at the altar as if you're a guilty party or a sinful party because you're really a righteous party. You're the righteous being, you know, and they actually gave a scripture um, in a second. Excuse me, guys. I'm still like I still got a touch of my uh, touch of SARS. I say that wasn't what I was about to say, but a touch of my uh, a sickness that I have, my cough. But uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, this this was one of the scriptures they gave. It says, for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we can be made right with God through Christ. And basically saying that at the end of the day, we need to strive to see our spouses how Christ sees our spouses. They are redeemed. They they are if they are believers, he he loves them and he they gave a good illustration of that guy that was uh, that couple that was getting married right, mm-hmm. and they show a picture of the guy prior to the he's at the altar and he's waiting for the bride to come down and he has this huge goofy smile like that's what I was thinking like oh he looked goofy and but he had this he was just so happy. And then the moment they showed a picture as the bride is rounding the corner and his face changes and he is bawling, crying, bawling, bawling, like hands up at his face, bawling, crying, snotty nose, like crying. And then after they say, I do, he's kind of like cheering. They got a picture of him cheering. He got his hands up and he was like, that is how God sees us. And it's biblical because, you know, we're the bride, you know, we are the, the church is the bride. And so that is how God sees us. So how, how is it that we don't see our spouses like that? You know? Right. <clears throat> yeah. And it, I, one thing I wrote is, uh, not only, so the one thing I wrote was that God gave everything, uh, because he's not, because he sees the best in me, mm-hmm. but not only because, but in order to see the best in me, because, yeah. You know, the reason God can can see us the way he does is, like he said, Jesus is there intercess, you know, interceding on our behalf. Mm-hmm. As he looks at us, he, he as he looks towards us, he sees us through the, the lens of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he set the world in motion just to have that opportunity. Um, so for me, just to, if God has to, to go to those measures to be able to, um, see me like that. Mm. What do I? I can't expect this just to be natural. For wow, me. that's so, a good point. I didn't think about that. I've got to be. Ma- I've got to be intentional in that in everything I do. Mm-hmm. I've got to be intentional in fighting to see the best in you. Mm-hmm. So when something happens, I'm always fighting to see 
the purest motives. Wow. Um, if, if you do something that I feel is wronging me, my first reaction should be, number one, hope. And number two, feeling as though if I, if I tell you this, then obviously this has to be something you're not aware of how it is affecting me. Mm. Even if you're being rude, you could say being rude, that's bad. Everyone knows that's a bad thing, but you may not know the effect or the impact that is having on me. Uh And if I think like that, then I can come to you with confidence that if I, if I share this thing with you from my heart and I just let myself be vulnerable and bare, not coming to defend myself or to fight back or to whatever, but just bare opened up that so that I can trust that you would do whatever you want, had to do to, to correct that. Yeah. Um, and, and that takes, that takes effort because it also takes a lot of trust because I've got to trust that once I open up, you're not going to smash me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, <coughs> excuse me guys, I'm sorry, just a touch, but uh, something that they, uh, that, oh, this was another mic drop too. And it's, it's to the same point as well. But, um, the point was made that when people tend to have issues in their marriage, one of the, the number one complaint that pe- people say is they're not the person that I married. Uh. And, the wife was like, well, hopefully they're not the 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 person that you marry because you should be growing. And that these were the exact words. You married a work in progress, not a finished product. And that we're always going to be growing and we should always be growing. And it made me think of, I don't know if I had heard this. I don't know where I heard this from, but it was like an illustration that says like you never can enter the same river twice. Because it's constantly moving. So you'll never be in the space that you're in. You'll never be in the space that you're in again. Like you might have been a parent for 30 years, but you've not been a parent of adult children for uh, 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 30 years. You've not been 30 years a parent at, with toddlers right. or teenagers. You haven't been 30 years married Uh, married to a man that is now 40, you know what I'm saying? Or a woman who's going through menopause. So you're, you're going to constantly be changing and growing. So you will, this is not a finished product. So, so yeah. um, Yeah. I, I was definitely taken aback by that, that, uh, idea. Sorry. I'm kind of thinking about it now, but, um, (laughs) I wanted to mention one other piece there just about how um, that definitely kind of along the same same thread. So first off, we are work in progress, just like you said. right? Uh-huh. Or, and we are today is not the same person we were yesterday. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be prepared for that. And we have to understand that we always have to to grow in what love means to one another. Yeah. Um, and before. Along with that, I, I took a couple of, I made note of a couple of things he said. Um, one thing I wrote down was, how can I focus on my spouse's weaknesses when God does it? Mm-hmm. That goes back to seeing you as God sees you. That's right. Um, you know, we can take the lowest points of each other when mm-hmm. we're evaluating 
our one another. Yeah. Um, and just always judging each other on their worst, uh, on our worst aspects. And I think we have gone through that before where, you know, well, you don't do this and you don't do that. Why mm-hmm. are you this and why are you that? And really just taking away, I know I've been guilty of that before and I've kind of caught myself. Um, maybe sometimes I have not let it come out where I'll just be really frustrated with you over something very simple. And I'm like, man, why didn't she, uh, I remember, I, I, I'll give an example. So there is a time. So Kimberly's a napper, like she said, yep. I am not a napper. And there was a time where I'd get frustrated over that. Um, and always, you know, I, I would be passive aggressive about it. And I would allow that idea to kind of define her and kind of paint this thing like she was being lazy um when nothing could be further from the truth uh, she had gone and she had taken care of things and she had um i'm just giving a hypothetical situations but these times will happen but i wouldn't think of all the other things that really defined you and i remember we used to get into I don't know about arguments, but definitely it was to a point where you didn't want to take a nap around me. Like you would try to hide those things. And I was like, man, what, what am I doing? Like, why am I looking at, why am I honing in on this thing instead of, Hey, maybe she, she can, I don't take naps. She does take naps. That doesn't, I am just as, I, I get my time to chill back and relax. By the end of the day, who cares? Why am I looking at this isolated thing to try to define you? And I know when I started to get away from that, um, I feel like I've, I've, I try to make it a better environment for yeah, you. Yeah. We um, I'm sorry, babe. You can finish your thought. Go you ahead. can finish your thought. No, I was just kind of talking about that. Go ahead. Yeah, like I think for me, I, I did. I definitely felt like there were times when I would set my alarm clock to get up before I thought he would be home. Um, I wouldn't want him to see me napping. Or like if if I was going to take a nap, like I would be like overcompensating, like doing all this work and Almost coming like I was slick asking for, you know, approval or permission. And that's just not our dynamic. And then I think in turn, I started to have resentment because it's like, well, shucks, I'm getting up at the crack of dawn. Like, I'm though I may nap, I still get up uber early. Like, I'll get up early and I'm gone all day. Like, I don't, I, I, I'm not a person that just comes and just, plops at the house so when I take a nap I am like exhausted but one thing that I feel like you've changed in that is that like you've actually swung the other way and have told me like you need to sit down and rest like I typically don't work on Fridays and I'll have a laundry list of things to do and Melvin was like why don't you just chill like just chill yeah well I once I gave an intentional effort to number one I was ashamed because I felt like I've made her house the place that she's supposed to come and feel comfortable and relaxed I'm the person that's supposed to be protecting her and 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 helping her to be happy in this marriage and she is feeling like she can't do the simplest thing like take a nap and I still think that is a struggle for you because I, I sometimes feel like like I, I try to make sure you understand hey man 
don't try to do extra stuff for what I think, you know, keep, you got to relax because you can work your, you'll go and go and go and then be exhausted and get sick and whatever else. But, you know, I don't know if people listening, like you got to think about that, especially guys. I won't say especially guys, people in general, Mm -hmm. you really have to think about the environment that you're creating for your spouse. Um, And, and it doesn't have to, I'm not a yeller at all. I'm not somebody who's a, like very domineering person or anything like that. But just those little things, the fact that I was not considering her and I was just thinking the, you know, taking the lowest, uh, the, I guess the lowest thing that I could grab onto, I made this like a, almost like an abusive place. You know what I'm saying? Where she is afraid to, to be, to nap. And, and it sounds silly when I'm saying it, but I mean, that's a serious thing, and that's not something that I ever want to do or ever want my wife to feel like. But the thing that I, I want to get across is, like, we can easily fall into that that pattern while we're just going through our day and being critical and, and doing whatever else. Like, you got to understand that those actions are having an effect on the person who you love the most. They're having an effect, and you have to start to – and when you think about it that way, you'll start to weigh out um, how important things are because there are times when Kimberly has been lazy and she's it she said that but for me it came down to the point of this is having an effect on her is it worth having that effect and honestly there's no thing that I'm going to say that's that leads me to this other thing that he said he said your wife is your spouse is God's project not mom. Oh yeah. So let's say that that is a problem, right? Like she's not my project. Now I can say something, you know, we're supposed to cleanse each other. I'm supposed to cleanse her with the word. If I feel like she's being lazy, we could have that conversation. But at the end of the day, she's not my project. Um, it's God's project. And the way that those things get alleviated is through prayer and through the word, the word is going to convict her. And that is what happened. Any type of laziness that Kimberly has had, has been uh, washed away because of of the convictions that she's gotten from the Bible, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, and <coughs> excuse me, y'all. And um, you know, and also I think too, where we also saw what the end result could be for that, and we're using this this example because it's something that you know, it's some, some, I mean, we ain't proud of it, but you know, it is what it is, but you know, I'm a type of person and you actually pointed this out to me that like, there are some people who are not nappers. They can go all day long and they'll be fine. I am the type of person. And dare I say, our children are like this as well. If I am exhausted, I am no good to anyone. Like no one. Like, I can't think straight. I I barely don't even need to talk. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, I can't, don't ask me to think about anything, to problem solve anything. And that's just how I am. And, And when I think about it, I think about even back when I was a child, I was like that. I had to have my my rest. And there are times where, I mean, there are clearly days that I don't take naps. I mean, I didn't take one today, didn't take one yesterday. But point of the matter is I have to, you are the one that told me to recognize and listen to my body. 
you know, and I can't go like you because I'm not Melvin. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm not like the next woman. And so, but um, the, I want to piggyback off of what you said about not being God's project. I mean, not being my project, but you're God's project. Because one of the things I thought about was, I think for women, you know, especially believers that are, you know, that are married, you, we read the popular scripture about being a helpmate and that Eve was created to be a helpmate, you know? And I think we all have to go on individual journeys to figure out what that is in our marriage and for our particular spouse. Those things work together. We can think that being a helpmate is trying to fix our husbands. You right. know what I'm saying? And we're not fixers. You know, if your husband is struggling with something or there's something that you don't like, you know, for one, you got to get perspective of where you need to take that. You know what I'm saying? And it goes to what you were saying about what environment are you creating? Your home is sacred. Like I never, ever want our home. And we're very, very, very intentional about this. Our home is our haven. So like at the end of the day, you know, like nobody's walking on eggshells at this house. And we're we try to call each other out about that. You know, Melvin is really good about making sure that what is it, Francois? <laughs> 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 it's, it's good here out here in the Ellis household. You know what I'm saying? So and so th- for me, that I think a lot of women, and I even saw online some of the women that we know that went, a lot of people pointed that out because I think as women, we feel like we have to fix men, you know, and you have to figure out what being a helper for your husband is. Our role a lot of times is encouraging, cheer, cheering on our husbands. You know, they're the head of the household. Somebody, I heard a, a illustration that I really like about, you know, submission is broken down is getting under a sub under a mission. And so if your husband, your husband gets the mission and you got to get behind that mission and help push him to, to see it to fruition. And if you know, I think that talks to how a lot of women are like self-motivators and we can, you know, and if, if you talk to any woman, and I'm talking to the ladies here, me and y'all can disagree, but I think any woman will say that a lot of times you'll find that your spouse needs an extra push where a lot of times we as women, we're able to self-motivate. And that's not to say anything negative about men. I think that is a gift that God gives us to be a helper. You know, like that is a gift that we have that we can help to catapult our husbands. So anyways, that's, I don't want to go out on tangent, but that, well, that no, is what I it think is. at the end of the day, figuring out what it is that you are going to be for your, your spouse. Mm-hmm. And it is not about being there. It, you said it. it's not about them being your project. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about helping them reach their best potential in, in God. You know what I mean? Helping mm-hmm. you, th- you guys want to reach the finish line together. And what do you need to do to make that happen? You guys are together every single day. Right. And to me, when I say, I'm not your project, but I'm God's. That doesn't mean that you are not helping to get me to where I'm supposed to be. Like, we don't have to figure out where we got to go. We know what the the ending mission is. So we have a direction. And you know me more than anyone else. Mm -hmm. 
You know my strengths, you know my weaknesses, you know my likes, you know my dislikes, and those things that you don't know, you you know, you've got the rest of our lives to be figuring those things out mm-hmm. and vice versa. So in that, I think that you can help me to stay on course mm-hmm. um, without me being your project by pushing me in the direction that God wants me to go. Mm-hmm. Instead of your little um, likes and dislikes, pet peeves and whatever else. Now, you can share those things, but at the end of the day, um, the one thing they said was, we are no longer in the evaluation period. Yeah. One, one thing I always think about is, like, I leave, I leave cabinets open. I just do. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to, but I do. And, you know, the time for you to evaluate whether this is something that you can live with or not is when we are dating. And you did it while we were dating. Yeah, and that was your time. And yep. that was what they said. It's like, that's the evaluation period. Now... When you ask your you, questions, count the costs, is right. this what I can deal with? Yeah, and you got to realize, I may never not do that. Now, hopefully, I because I never do it on purpose. Yeah. But I may never not do that. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, you're going to have to let it go. I do a lot of annoying things. I, I chew loud sometimes. Um, I well, eat in I the bed. Well, I have a problem with people and, chewing. You know, <laughs> these are just things, you know. But at the end of the day, our time for evaluation passed. So now we got to figure out how we can work on these things. But that's not the same as when it comes to matters of salvation. Mm-hmm. Like we have to continue to challenge each other and sharpen each other and push mm-hmm. each other uh, in righteousness. We are still disciples. We're mm-hmm. brother and sister in Christ before yep. we're anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to urge each other on and push each other on to be in good positions because there'll be different times when I'm up or you're up mm-hmm. or I'm down and you're down. Can I give an example? Sure. So for the ladies, and this is just if, you know, because I know what I said, what I said, but I'll give you a real life example of how being a helper for my husband is. So in our relationship, I am the one that is the time person. I am all about being on time, being early. I came from a military family, like my mom and my dad were in the military. So we were always uber early to everything. My sweet husband over here is kind of more of a a free spirit. Mm. And, um, you know, uh, I'm not sure if he looks at his, his watch. Okay. And these are things that I knew from the very beginning. Initially, what I would do, and I'm not saying that I'm perfect in this because I can, I can nag at this, but initially I used to nag him a lot and be like, really talking to him as if he is my child. And that's something that, you know, I think many women struggle with. Um, I am not exempt from that. Um, But as I have matured as a woman, as, uh, you know, just a wife and and a, a believer of Christ, Something that I do is my thoughts are I want to set my husband up for success. And because I'm the person who is the planner, the timeline person, mm-hmm. I try. Hey, 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 hey. That's why we be do, getting getting where we need to get, babe. That's why we be getting <laughs> where we need to get. So I prep my family. You know what I'm saying? So Sunday mornings for us is, is crazy. But normally we have to be there uber early. I try you know, to run the timeline by Melvin early on and let him, like, I'll be like, did you remember that we have to be there at this time? And sometimes he'll be like, yep. And then sometimes he'll be like, oh, 
why we got to be there so early? Oh, you know, or do you remember that we have a meeting today? Did you do you remember we have this meeting after church today? And I don't ever remember. Well, sometimes you do. Do you remember we have this conference call today? You know what I'm saying? And I'll just put it out there because, hey, I ain't his mama. And I don't need to talk to him like he, like I'm his mama. And I know that. I, but I still do it at times. I mean, I'll keep it real with y'all. But I will say that I have grown a lot in that area because I don't make him, A, feel guilty about it. You know, if he does forget because... That's why I'm the one that is good with time. You know what I'm saying? And there are things on the flip side that Melvin is uber good at that I just was like, nah, don't care to, to know about those things. And that is why it's a compliment of each other. We compliment each other, you know? Um, and yeah. so, yeah, you want to. Yeah. Um, that brings us to the next point, actually, is um, this is present us. This was still part of that. This is us, our unique relationship, right? Mm -hmm. And the first part is, this is godly us, us existing in humility, dealing with the, any with each other in humility, understanding we're both flawed people and we're both in the middle of a process. God is growing us and mm. creating in us the people we need to be. Yeah, dealing with one another in humility, considering one another greater than ourselves. Yeah. So that is the godly us. Yeah. That is not always us. They said, this is present us in, in parentheses, patience, mm -hmm. you know, dealing with the, each other in patience. So you have humility and then you have patience. And that's those times that we not always going to be dealing with each other in humility. Sometimes we just going to have to understand that we working on it. Yeah. And we got to be patient and we have to when we're going through those rough patches and those bumps, you've got to be in it for the long haul. Back to what I said, the evaluation period, if you said I do, that time is up. If you have not said I do, then you need to be evaluating what you can stand and what you can't. Because it's only gonna, oh. it's only gonna get more intense yeah. when you're living with this person every single day. Mm -hmm. Um but it's beautiful, but it's difficult, and it takes patience. The scenario Kimberly just laid out, you know, we didn't just come to that dynamic where, you know, she's setting me up to win and not making me feel a certain way. We had to sit down and have talk after talk yep. after talk after talk. Me sharing with her how it makes me feel when... She comes at me a certain way. Her sharing with me how it makes her feel when I am not showing concern for, for time. Time makes her struggle. Yeah. Um, it is not just the fact of being late. It's anything to where we are preparing for something. If we're having people over to the house, I got to make sure that I'm setting her up to win in the same exact way. But we'll never get to that point of growth if we're not in it for the long haul and we don't sit down and come together and be willing to hash out the same thing sometimes a thousand times. They gave an, they said, yes. we've only had three, or, three four. or four fights in our lives. In our, our whole marriage. But we have the same three over and over and over again. And that's just the truth. That's everybody. That's not just you, not just us. It's everybody. You have your things that are your pet peeves. And these are things that you're going to have to just continue to work on. And so they talked about it taking patience. And um, I'll post a link to this little chart they did, but it's kind of like a, a graph. And they talked about the um, four stages that you go through. First, they talked about it in terms of spirituality, baptism, enthusiast, dispirited, immaturity. 
Um, and then they broke it down into being in, into our marriage dynamic. You have your first phase of, phase of newlywed, and that's just like baptism, where you're idealistic. You can't understand why anybody has issues. Man, we've been married for a year. We don't ever fight. Yeah. We, you know, life is great. I don't understand why these people are arguing all the time. You know, th- life is great. Then you get to that other phase. Things start to change. You get some kids. You go through a couple of situations, and you get into building. And that's, you know, settling in a little bit. You're just kind of getting your your rhythm about you. Yeah, they um, said you're probably buying a house. Right. You're in good with your job now. You've found your career. Yeah, you've had some bumps probably. Yeah. But really the, the big thing is you're kind of settling in and getting your stride. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the next phase is disoriented. Um, and that's uh, kind of associated with sad negative grief and um not necessarily negative but you are you're you are going to another stage in life parents are getting older um your kids are getting older and they're making different decisions yeah. uh, they're no longer you know just doing exactly what you say they're not the five six seven eight nine ten year olds they're becoming teenagers and there's just new stressors on your marriage that that um affect how you guys function as a dynamic and a lot of times those people who are building in those people in that disoriented phase they they don't get along <laughs> all the time because mm. as me settling in I'm yeah you know we're life is good yeah like you're not new so you feel like yeah we done had a few bumps but I think we can ride this thing out. Yeah, we good. Yeah, we got this thing going. Yeah, that's like you're not newlyweds, but you ain't really got a lot of years up under you yet. Right. And then that disoriented phase come in, and that's when life transitions come through. Yeah, and, and as that settling settled in phase, that building phase, you may have some judgmental thoughts on the disoriented phase and vice versa, where... Um, you know, if I'm in that disoriented phase, I may look at somebody like a young whippersnapper. Like, yeah. What, what can you tell me about life? You're mm. not even, you don't even understand what's going on here. Yeah. And then maturity. And that's kind of the uh, processed, you know, I get it. Um, where they still go through all those things that the other phases go through, but they've been there and they've done that. And they understand that on the level of importance, these things are not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. They've they've experienced it or they know someone who has. And, hey, it's going to be okay. And yeah. their job is to help those people in those other phases. Um, if that's a healthy situation, they should be in a, in a perfect world. They're kind of reaching down and in, in helping yeah. those disoriented people get to maturity. And those building people understand that, hey, man, you'll be disoriented any time now. So, mm-hmm. so learn. Um, and they mention those, uh, and yeah, they just help everybody take a deep breath. Um, you know, we can in, in a, oh, I'm sorry. What was that? Oh yeah. So basically they, they, they read a uh, second Corinthians three eighteen. Um, do you have that? Not up. Sorry. So let me share the scripture here. Second Corinthians three eighteen. I'm not prepared, as you see. I'm not prepared like Kimberly. <laughs> I'm just tossing them out. I did, why am I? How, how did I come up into this? 
I just can I say something while you find it? Go you for already it. got it. Jump on in. Well, that I really like that graph. A, a, I'm a visual learner, so I love graphs, and so and how and visualize these things. So I really like that because I felt I feel like we are cycling back and forth between building and disoriented. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, and. You know, I didn't, I think for lack of better words, they put in the description, sad, uh, negative, grief. Um, I didn't really like those words. I think it's more like life transitions, you know, because, you know, we're coming up on 10 years being married. And at this point, like I married, I, me and you started dating when I was 20. I am 34, y'all. We got married when I was 24. Like. There's been a lot of life that doesn't happen. Not to not to mention that <clears throat> a lot of times issues in your marriage don't even come from stuff from you two. It comes from your family and stuff. And so when you were talking about like aging parents, like you you have to start having those conversations about okay, this parent is getting older. If this, you know, having conversations with your siblings and making decisions and, and, and stuff. And it's like, you're, that can put a stress on you because you're looking at your parents in a certain way. And now the roles are reversing and everyone is going to go through that. If you're lucky to have your parents to live long enough, you know, you're going to go through those times where it's like, you're going to have to grieve internally about that you know and so so like those things can bring stress to your marriage because you're like slick kind of like situationally depressed because of your your situation because you're dealing with your parents or you know you're having conflicts with your siblings over it or whatever it may be and you've been closed off towards your spouse all these things are just natural things that happen you know yeah and i think it's important to to really understand the fact that that we are work in progress because like this stuff can catch you off guard yep. and sometimes more than the thing that's happening is the shock of the situation you mm-hmm. know what i mean the shock of the instability that it produces so you're cruising along and somebody loses a job yep and you see that it starts to have a very serious effect on your marriage on your relationship with god and where as if you prepare for these things and you, you know, listen, it's going to be one of those times where I'm going to have to doggy paddle. I'm just going to have to make it. If you're not prepared for that, you can feel like it's the end of the world. And and a lot of times that's why people have devastating spiritual times in their lives is is because they're not prepared for for the fight. You know what I mean? To understand that just because you're getting kicked and you may be like down on one knee, that doesn't mean that you're out. You know, this is just God working just like he's working when you high stepping and you praying six hours a day and you're reading your Bible and you're doing all these other things. God is working just as much then as he is now. And, you know, we can make at one point they say it was like, we can make the mistake of thinking that we married a finished product mm-hmm. because it's not only in us that we have to remember that it's when we're talking about one another, you know, your husband or your wife is not a finished product. They are continuously being built, being built with you in mind yeah. because God, th- that's the most important decision we make in our lives. 
besides following Jesus because that's going to affect your spirituality more than any other thing else. Yeah. So God is preparing your husband or your wife for with you in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and in 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, um, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. You know, we are being transformed through everything that we do. They gave the example of David and the different things that David went through in his life. If anyone were to take a snapshot of David's life, and I know I've given this example before, but if you were to take a snapshot of David's life or you were to judge him in the moment, you would definitely not think that that this is the future of, of Israel. This is not the man that God is building his lineage on like Mm. jesus is not this guy is not the critical piece in jesus coming Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and that's just how we tend to look at things uh we forget the fact that god is working so they said that god was taking all the pieces that were removing all the pieces that were not david Mm -hmm. and so that really struck me and i wrote it down right Mm mm-hmm Taking all the pieces that were not David. Normally, when I think about God pruning me, I think about God taking away the pieces that are not him. Mm, mm -hmm. Taking away all of me and just leaving him behind. Okay, okay. God is creating us. It's The Bible says that God, we are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory. God made man in what? His image. So you were created in God's image. Mm-hmm. So anything that is unlike God's image is not you because you were created in God's image. Mm. So as we are being transformed into God's image, we are, he is eroding and ebbing away all of the things that has been, that the world has added on to us mm-hmm. other than his creation. His creation is perfect. Mm-hmm. The world and, and our decisions have added on these other pieces of clay. Mm-hmm. Right. And now I remember why I wrote that. That wasn't why I wrote that, but man. <laughs> so they asked uh, Leonardo da Vinci, how did you come up with the, uh, statue of david yeah he's like i just start chipping away all the things that were not david i start chipping off all the rock that was not david and i came out with this beautiful statue but i think that's the spirit man because honestly that is what god does uh-huh. we are god's image yeah he created us he made man as god's image yeah so the parts of you that are unlike god those are not you no. Those are the things that, that the world and that Satan is trying to ascribe to you. Mm. Um, he's ebbing those things away. Can you read Philippians 1, 6? Yeah. And then you can share. Or actually, if if you had some feedback. On no, that. I'll go ahead and uh, share this. I had it open. Uh-huh. I did. I see it. Uh, it says uh, Philippians 1, verse 6. And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus returns. Yeah. Not only when we're looking at ourselves, mm-hmm. we have to be confident in, in God is working on me. Mm-hmm. I can't look at my present day circumstances where I'm at spiritually, where I'm at mentally, where I'm at, whatever. Mm-hmm. I have to be confident that God is working in me and that confidence should produce me doing the work right yeah 
and not looking for instant gra- Now, that doesn't mean that I just continue living my life the way I want to live it. And God is working on me. Mm. But when it comes to our self-examination, we continue to do the work mm-hmm. knowing that it's going to pay dividends. Mm-hmm. We're going to get over whatever the hump is or whatever because God is not finished. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think even more when we're looking at one another. We can never give up on each other. Yeah. You know, we can never give up on each other. We can never feel like like this is something that will never change about her mm-hmm. or will never <clears throat> change about me. Because it's a matter of, of trusting God. It's not a matter of me trusting your willingness to, to repent or to change mm-hmm. in some something that you're doing or my willingness to change or repent. It comes down to do we believe God is going to continue to work? He brought us this far. Yeah. Do we believe that he's going to continue to work? And if I do, then I'll approach you in a completely different way. They put up a picture, and <clears throat> we can uh, kind of wrap it up here in a little bit, unless you got something else you need no. to say. But they put up a picture of a beautiful kitchen. And probably in many of our kitchens, you'll see different posts. And you just can think that it's just the post that's in the middle of your kitchen, you know. But really, that post is supporting the whole second level of the house. And they liken that to our marriage that it's like the, what do they call it? The bearing, the bearing pole or something like that. The bearing post. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That right there. And so. He called it something else that you said, like bearing post or something. Yeah. So basically, like, that's what we should be towards our spouses. Like, we're bearing with them. As people are, as we're transforming, we're bearing with each other. Okay? And we're holding each other up. Like, that post is holding up that second layer and that level. And if it were not there, that whole level would, would come crashing down. And what I liked that they said was, as your spouse was created to like help you be what you needed to be, what you need to be spiritually as well. So if they're not who they are, you're not going to be who you need to be. And it's, it's like, we can think that a God who has numbered the hairs on our head, you know, knitted us together in our mother's womb would not orchestrate a perfect mate for us. The fact of the matter is, the question is, are you looking for what you feel is perfection or what God feels is perfection? Because as I think about like our marriage, there are a lot of areas that at the moment it might have been irritating to me or whatever it is. But now, like I will say it all the time, like you've rubbed off on me and going back to the example of time. I used to be so stickler with time where, and, and like I said, I could still be this way. I could still be this way, but I, we used to get so stickler with time and get so bent out of shape about it that as we're like leaving the house and going on about our day, I would be in a funky mood the rest of the day. Wasn't nobody about to have no good time. And I, like I said, I, I think we just recently had a situation where I kind of had an issue where we went out as a family. So it's like I said, I'm not perfect in this. But one thing that I can honestly say Melvin has helped me with is to be more lax with time. Like there have been times where we've been rushing, trying to get somewhere. And he'll be like, hey, we're doing the best we can. We've worked all day. We've had to, we got to come home. We got to feed our kids. 
if we run into traffic, there's nothing we can do. We've been doing everything that we possibly can. And if you're late, you're just late. You know what I'm saying? And I think when you say that, like you've said that a couple of times and I'll be like, he's right. Like, it ain't like we've been sitting around here twiddling our thumbs. Like you've worked a full day. I've, I've worked a full day. We both tired. Our kids are hungry. We trying our best. And, and hey, it's just not enough right now. But I have definitely what he has helped me be is to not be so stickler on time and to relax. Because here's what I don't want to do, which he knows that I don't want to do is I don't want that to then go outside of our house. And it's it's a shame that I can do this or we all can do this to each other. You know, your spouse gets it the worst. But I don't want to go outside of my house to friends and family and have that same type of attitude because I know that's not, he knows that's not the desire that I want for any of my relationships, including our relationship. So yeah, that's that on that. Yeah. Um, I was going to share a scripture that kind of embodies what you're saying about being completely in, this is, I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter four. Okay. And I'll start in verse two, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. And that was that, uh, oh, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit to the bond of peace. And that's kind of that that idea of bearing with one another, you know, Mm -hmm. just bearing with one another in love and being that support. And the things that we mentioned before are kind of the, the mindset that will allow you to do that when things get rough. How can I be Kimberly's support when she is going through a rough patch and that rough patch is directed towards me, Mm. she's not being the most loving towards me Mm. or vice versa. Well, the way that I do that is that it's not about Kimberly. It's about me having faith that the good work that God started, he is not going to stop because Kimberly's got an attitude. Wow. That time that she mentioned, we were, we were headed out and yeah, you had an attitude which I get. We were going to, what, the museum. We were having a family day. Yeah, and and you had an attitude for a minute on the way there. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, t- I mentioned it a couple times. And then at the end of the day, we just got to keep it moving. Yeah. And bef- I, didn't, I, I didn't say anything else about it. And... Halfway through, we're in the museum, and, and the attitude went away as soon as we got into the museum and started hanging out, having fun, enjoying ourselves. And out of nowhere, we probably probably halfway through the time there, again, the attitude hadn't been going on this whole time. It it stopped. But still, halfway through, you came up, and you're like, hey, guys, and talking to me and my daughter, hey, guys, I'm sorry. I was I had a little negative attitude on the way up here, and I really apologize. And that was impactful because she didn't have to. She could have just stopped having an attitude and we were having fun. Nobody was thinking about that. But I think that's a living illustration. That's not anything I said that made her feel bad and made her want to come back. And and definitely I kind of started to go down that path. But I think we just started to hang out and work through it and have a good time. And I think God, the spirit worked worked through you and worked on you and brought you full circle so that we could address it. And that served as an example of humility for our kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also for me, and I, I was very grateful for that. And so just, these are just examples 
I'm sure these are things that everybody can relate to and that, that everybody goes through. But if there's anything that I would want to leave everybody with is, you know, just those two main points. You know, first off, the overall point is this is us, our unique relationship and humility and patience. Yeah. Well, that well, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about we got two other points. We've already named them. The next one will be this is us our local partnership and then the third point is our expanded fellowship so i feel like we really fleshed this one out so we're going to end this right here (laughs) and um you have been listening to the soul sense podcast you have your host kim and my trusty wingman melvin and thank you guys for listening base 